This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, and I thank you for what you've already done. I thank you for my family, those present, those not. I thank you for those that are my church family here, and Lord, those that are on the different campuses and those that are tuned in all around this nation, or the people that we've been able to even encounter on this trip who are connected, who walked up and said, we watch every week. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. From a humble place called Dawsonville, Georgia, how you're changing lives around the world. Now change those present, again with mine, change all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, since I was 13 years old, I, I, I don't remember a time that I, I've not been scheduled to either teach or preach really in a week. Um, it's been rare and far and few between, but definitely not a, a whole month worth of time. And so I, I realized in July, this, this season that was upon me, that, that I wasn't leading anybody. It seemed strange. It, I didn't know what to do. Um, I realized that, sort of like what they say, the man who, who's leading but no one following is just a guy out on a walk. I kind of looked around and went, there's nobody watching. And so I, I realized that if I was not going to be leading, that I better make sure I was following. And so what I want to share with you today is something that comes from what has been sown into my life. Different speakers, different people I encountered. God even gave me words for some of you from people that, that, that I didn't expect that, that God just dropped into my heart. People spoke words of truth. And as God began to pour this into my life and speak these things into my heart, I realized that God was up to something special. And I said, God, let me follow and let me follow well, I mean, we all want to follow Jesus. Well, that comes from Matthew chapter 4, if you want to open your Bibles there, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18, for the sake of time today, I'm going to begin reading, but you, you will be able to catch up quickly. It says this, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, see why I'm out here fishing That's where Jesus liked to be. Come on now. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, and they were throwing a net into the water. They were at work, or they fished for a living. Jesus called to them and said, watch this, come follow me. Help me with that. Come follow me. All right, y'all are probably better than all the services before, but I've only been gone 30 days. Let's get this pump reprimed. Here we go. Ready? Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. They did what? Followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come Two, they immediately did what? Followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. 
Now, I say that I was not leading. I was leading our family. And sometimes I mistakenly lead us astray. Let me just ask you, how many of you have ever went online and read the reviews about a hotel before you booked the hotel? Good. How many of you have ever wanted to compare the the what you read online to the reality of what you find and say, how can this be such a place? Well, I read. It was great. It was the only one we could find with a vacancy within hours of where we were trying to go. The place was packed out. Uh, and so I, I it had great reviews. We, we, we got there, and it took one look. And, and let me just be honest with you, one look at the place, and I was determined not to look at her at all. And so I was like, let's go in here and let's, oh, well, probably going to have a great breakfast, you know, it's going to look good over there, yeah. And we're looking around and, 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 and it, can I just tell you, I thought from the review, I thought I need to write every single one of those people who wrote a review that was glowing on this place and tell them I'll be preaching on thou shalt not lie and they need to be there. <laughs> we get to our room the first night and they're, Plenty of presents all left around the room, dirty diapers, all kinds of things. To which I was informed we would be changing rooms, and we did. And in that room, thankfully there was none of that. There was just lots of green stuff growing along. <clears throat> I still wasn't looking at her. Smart man, come on now, man. And she, I'm sure, was shooting daggers at me. We couldn't find anywhere else. This was it. And you survived the night. Yeah. So we are staying in this hotel. We leave the hotel. We return back to the hotel. And as we walk back through the doors, an interesting clientele in this place. And there's a woman standing in front of us. She's probably 10, maybe 15 years older than we are. She's gray and red curly hair is soaking wet, wild looking. She's half wrapped in a towel, the rest in a bathing suit. And she begins to talk and weep and sob a million miles an hour to us. My first thought was, what has she taken? She says, I don't know where I am, don't know who I am, can't find my room. Where am I? I don't help me, help me, help me. So we're faced with the question. How many of you know that following Jesus will put you places that you don't really always like? And we're faced with the question, will we help this woman? Is she chemically disturbed? Is she tripping? Or and then we began to recognize the signs of a medical condition. We take her to the front desk, and as we came to the front desk, we said, now look, this is what's happening. And the hotel staff informed us they could care less. Now, if you know anything about me, I can handle almost any attitude but that one. Because I will convince you, you can care. And there was something that rose up with me, and I said, but no, show Jesus, show Jesus. And I said, well, we're going to help this lady, and you're going to help. And they looked at me like, really? I said, 
Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find her family. We're going to make sure she's safe. Let me just re reiterate what I said to you. Sometimes following Jesus will put you places you don't want to be, but right where you're supposed to be. And so Christine and I were, became her guardians for a moment. Calmed her down enough that she could remember her last name. As she remembered her last name, we made them look, forced them to look for her room. They buzzed the room, no answer. We secured a card to the door of the room. I, along with Christina, family, we go up the elevator. I stayed on the elevator. The room was straight across from us. She opened the door. The woman began to recognize the place. In the moment, she began to calm down, and she made this statement. She said, Milton has just gone for food. So I realized her husband's name is Milton. He's just gone for food. Christina leaves her safely in her room, secures her in her room. We step back on the elevator, feeling a little strange. We need to go up. The elevator has been called down. As the elevator hits the bottom floor, the doors open, and a man carrying groceries steps into the elevator, backs against the wall, looks very stern, very tired, very exhausted. And I looked at him and I said, Milton? <laughs> he looked at me like, you don't have a warrant, do you? Come on now. <laughs> and I said, Milton, we found your wife. His shoulders fell. And he said, did she get out of the pool? I said, yeah. He informed us that she was in early stages of Alzheimer's and dementia. And he just didn't have any way to keep her safe while he ran this errand. But she loved the pool, and he always had to force her out, though he thought she would stay. And I realized something there, that God had taken us. Now he's to blame for the hotel. <laughs> but that God had taken us to that hotel. Because when you follow Jesus, he's going to take you on a journey, and it's always going to put you right where he wants you to be. When we begin to serve God, it's always the answer to this call that we hear. We hear him say, come follow me. And you say, well, that's not the same for me. He's not asked me to follow him. Let me just explain something to you. Every example we see him saying, leave this behind. Come follow me. Come follow me. Follow me. Take up your cross and what? Follow me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8, a very powerful passage of Scripture says this, Jesus Christ, read it with me, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the same yesterday and forever, that means the call that he gave then is still the call that he's giving now. If we're going to follow Jesus we're going to have to get started. All of us want to follow Jesus. I mean, we pray that prayer, Lord, let me follow you. Where you lead, I will follow we sing that song that says, the world behind me, the cross before, because I have decided to what? Follow Jesus. 
But let me just explain this to you. If you're going to follow somebody, there's a really important question. There's something that we need to figure out. And this is one of the things that was sown into my life this month. There's something that you're going to need to figure out. And the question is this. If you're going to follow Jesus, you need to ask yourself, but where is he going? I mean, if you're going to go somewhere with somebody, you might want to know where you're going. Because if you're serious about following someone for the rest of your life, it should be of interest where that person's headed. Because that means that your business becomes their business. And your commitment to them will put you in the same destination as them. Now, I remember the day I first saw Christina. It was there, Duluth, Georgia, I fell in love. I have loved her since that day. I fell in love with her, and she was beautiful, and she still is. Still making up for that hotel, baby. Come on, amen. <laughs> See, I love the way she loved the Lord, and I love the way she still does. However, I want you to listen to me carefully. I did not propose to her right away. I mean, eight was a little young to do so, don't you think? Come on, Amen. But the main reason that I didn't propose to her right away, I mean, I saw things I liked about her. I watched her raise money to build a church when no one else would get started. As a little young girl, she went out door to door collecting change. I said, that girl's going to be blessed. She's pretty and blessed. Hey. Then she would worship when no one else was watching. And as I watched that in her life and we grew together, I began to want to know her more. And as we got to know each other, I realized something, that her destination and my destination could go the same way, following Jesus, going to where God intends for us to go. And let me just speak to our, our single people for just a moment. I've said this to my children. I, I've said this to our spiritual children. I've said this around the world to single people. One family actually uh, were so grateful. I said it to their child. They flew me to Europe to perform the wedding. I said, that when you look for a spouse, you listen to what I'm about to say. You find somebody who loves Jesus more than they love you. Because if you stop walking, they're going to keep walking for him. And they'll know how to pray until you start following again. Listen to me. We were able to say, I'll follow you because we had the same destination. So the big question when Jesus says, follow me, I have to ask, where will we end up? if we're really serious about following him. Where's it going to take us? I'm going to try to give this to you as quickly as I can today, but this is super, super important. If we want to find out where it's going to take us, and this is something sown into my life that really, really spoke to my heart, if we're going to find out where it's going to take us, we're going to have to go to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter. And in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, we find some very interesting things. As I've been on this journey of translation with this group concerning the new Bible translation, I've learned so much, and my, 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 my hunger for the Word has grown so drastically, but it, blown, it blew my mind when you start noticing the truths that are pointed out that you just really didn't look at. One of the truths is that I've always shared is that the Bible says that Jesus never spoke without a parable or a story or an illustration there, okay? That's different words for the same thing. He was giving them a story. Now, in almost every example throughout the whole entire Gospels, when Jesus tells a story, he makes one point per story. One point per story. He's trying to get something through to you, so he tells you a story. And I learn through stories, and so that makes sense. One story, one point. 
A couple of times in the book of Matthew, we find that he tells two stories with the same point, but only one place in all of the scriptures and all the four canonical gospels here, we find that he tells three stories to make the same point. Now, I'm going to share these three stories with you just as fast as I can today. I'll read the first two, and then I'm going to just kind of sum up the last one because it's rather long. But I want you to, I want you to get this today. He's saying, I want you to get this. This is super important. This will help you follow me. This will help you do what? Follow me. They follow me in this. See how that works? So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, What will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one? I mean, that that goes against our logic. You don't lose all of them to go after the one. But he leaves them in the wilderness. They're still out there. But he goes after that one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, He will joyfully carry it on his shoulders, and when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. Okay, so he says this. There's a hundred sheep. One of them gets lost. The shepherd is so upset, he says, I'm going to leave you 99 here, and I'm going to go find the one that's lost. Okay, there's a point. Second illustration. The same way... Listen to me. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Oh, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. How many coins? 10 silver coins. And she loses one of them. Now, this is simple math, but if she has 10, she loses one. Now she only has nine. Won't she light a lamp, sweep the entire house, and search carefully until she finds it? Wow. She's going to go to all lengths to find the one coin when she probably had enough in the nine. But when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God, God's angels, when even one sinner repents. So then we go to the third story. The first story, there's a sheep that gets lost. He leaves the bunch behind, the 99 behind, and the shepherd goes after the, the second story. There's 10 coins, one gets lost. She, she sets the nine aside, and she goes and finds the one and then rejoices. Here in the last story, he says this, there was a father who had two sons. How many sons? Two sons. One of them comes to him and says, I don't want to live with you anymore. I don't like your rules. I'm tired of you holding me back. And I want my inheritance, and I want it now. And so they actually, in that culture, had to go through as if the father had died. And he goes ahead and gives him his inheritance. And when he gives him his inheritance, the Bible says that his son went out and spent it. And it's where we get the word prodigal from. Prodigal does not mean sinful. Prodigal means excessive. His son went out and blew it on all kind of excess. He gets out and does all these things that he, he shouldn't be doing, and, and when it's all gone, and it's all blown, he ends up working in a pig pen, and as he's working in this pig pen, he's so hungry, he's looking at what they're eating, and, and he's like, I would like to eat that. I mean, that looks better than what I've been trying to eat, and I'm starving. And, and then in one day, he comes to himself, and he says these words. He says, in my father's house, even the servants are treated better than this. I'm going home. I don't know who that's for, but I just felt that when I said that. I'm going home. Say that with me. I'm going home. My goodness, somebody's making a decision. I feel it in my heart. He says, I'm going home. 
And then the Bible tells us one of the most beautiful parts of the story. The Bible says that as he comes over the hill a long way off, a far off in King James, but, but a long way off. He was what? A long way off. That the father saw him out in the distance. The father saw him out in the distance and he starts running toward his son. As he runs past everyone else, and I didn't get into this in the other services, but I want you to get this. Do you know why the father ran to his son? Not only because he was glad to see him, but you have to understand, this was not an unusual occurrence in their culture. There actually had to be a death and a, almost like a mock burial for him to get his inheritance. The son was then disowned, and the only way that he could ever get back was just to be a slave or a servant in the house. And what would happen to be an illustration to the other children that they didn't want to do the same, that, that before the son could get to the father, the father's job was to do this. Watch this. The father's job was to come out, stand on the porch with his arm cross and look hatefully and all the neighbors were supposed to beat down the son and make sure the son was determined to get home and then when he got there he got to be a servant but the father has been watching and a far off way he makes up his mind he says I gotta reach my boy before all those religious people start beating him down and hurting him and man making him want to turn around and go back I'm gonna outrun him I'm gonna outlove him I'm gonna help him and he runs with all that's in him and he throws his arm around and he says look you can disdain him all you want but I just why don't you disdain me more and it's not in my sermon, but that's the kind of God that I've come to preach to you today. He said, you can disdain the sins of those around you, or I will become the sin of the world, and I'll hang cursed upon a tree so that you can look to me, and your, your rebuke and the sin can be upon me so that you can see them the way that I see them. I see them as a lost son and a lost daughter who's coming home, and nothing's going to stop them. Amen. I behaved the first two services, but I'm sorry. I'm done. I feel this. This is so important. There's something we need to learn in this story. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to end up in places we don't want to be, doing things we don't want to do sometimes. But it's so important because there's something about the Father. There's something about Him that drives Him. Now, in each of these three stories... We find something common. There's something that's in the wrong place. There's something that's in the right place. And there's a person representing God. Okay? There's something in the wrong place. There's something in the right place. And there's a person representing God. Are you with me? That was one yes. Well, good. I have a slide. All right. There's something that represents God. There's something that represents the right place. And there's something that represents the wrong place. Well, I feel God. Somebody's about to change your place because you're going home. I feel Jesus. God, right place, wrong place. All right, let's just look at these stories. God's trying to make an illustration to you. He gives them the same points, three different stories. Who represents God in the parable of the lost sheep? The shepherd. The shepherd represents God. Who's in the right place? 99. The 99 are in the right place. Who's in the wrong place? The one lost sheep. Okay? Good. You're with me. Right place, 99. Wrong place, one lost sheep. Representing God, the shepherd. Second story. Woman has 10 coins. 
One gets lost. Okay, so who represents God? The woman. The woman represents God. Then, who's in the right place? The nine coins. What's in the wrong place? The one coin. All right, and she has to get busy, focused to find that. Now watch this. Now, the last story. Who represents God? The father. Who's in the right place? One son. Who's in the wrong place? One son. See, what we have here is a pattern. There's a pattern that Jesus is trying to teach us something that's super, super important. That there is in, watch this, there is a destination in mind here that will show us where God's always going to be. Where Jesus is always going to lead us. When he says, come follow me, this is always where you're going to end up. I don't care what happens in your life. If you're following Jesus, you can count on being a part of this this mission and this rescue plan. Watch this. There is a shepherd going, leaving the bunch behind, going after the one that's lost. There's a woman leaving the bunch behind, going over one that's lost. There's a father who leaves the one that's right behind to go find that which was lost. Does he love them any less? No. But there's something about the father. The shepherd's full focus is on that which is in the wrong place. My goodness, I feel this. There's something about this that you need to understand. That there's something about God who says, I cannot handle anyone that I love to be in the wrong place. There's something about God who says, I don't want you lost and disturbed and not knowing who you are and where you're supposed to be and to whom you belong. I'll send you to the right place. I'll come after you if necessary. I'll make my children go out of their way if necessary, but I'll fight you. I'll secure you and I'll get you back in the right place. Come on now, man. Where is Jesus going? Jesus is always going to find the lost sheep. He's always the one... Pastor Don, why do you get so passionate about this? Because it's become my life mission. It's become the thrill of my heart to see the, let me, I'm going to say what I've said for here for 30 years. The day souls stop being saved, lock the door and we'll find something better to do. But until that day and until that hour, we want to be about our father's business and we're going to find lost people. We're going to find them. We're going to let them know that Jesus is after them. What did he say? Follow me. Now look, this is so important. Let's go back to the hotel for just a moment. I have no clue what her name was. She was in the wrong place. We got her to the right place. So in that example, we got to represent Jesus to her. It was a rough crowd. And I thought about what could have happened if the wrong people had walked through the door. But I have to tell you, I don't really think God sent us there for her. Because the minute the door closed, she forgot our names. I'm sure she forgot us. Her, her dementia took over. But I can guarantee you that Milton 
I'll never forget stepping on an elevator and a big old man looking at him and saying, Milton? <laughs> because Milton broke. His shoulder slumped. He said, I thought she would stay in the pool. I thought she'd stay where I left her just long enough to carry what I needed to carry. Just long enough. And I realized that what broke Milton was not what he was going through. It was what could have been. But what really shook him was somebody knew his name. Someone found him by name. You listen to me today. My father is on a mission. And I don't care what they tell you your faith is supposed to be about today. And I, I know my job is to encourage the body. I know I'm supposed to equip you. And I'm trying to do that now. And my job's not to make you feel better about yourself and about your ticket to heaven. My job is to follow Jesus with you. And Jesus is after the loss. He's after the hurting. He's after those who are in the wrong place so that he can move them to the right place. This is simple. This is about to be over, but listen to what I'm about to tell you. Here's what God showed me through all of this. She was in the wrong place, but, but she didn't know. Her world was out of her own control. It was spinning. It was turning. It was twisting. It was and he was feeling lost and didn't know where to turn and had no help and, and all of these things. And I realized that most of us do it this way. We say, well, why did the one wander off? Sometimes the world just gets turned around. Sometimes people don't know which way is up, which way is right. But I've come to tell you today that Jesus led me back home with this message to tell you which way is right. If you will call on the name of Jesus, what's out of order will come back into order watching in the last services, families knowing that I could just sense it, that they're about to be torn apart as they gave their life to Jesus, watching the Holy Spirit knit them back together. They'll still have challenges, but now they're in the right place. God's speaking to us today. Some of you have sung the songs, I have decided to follow Jesus, but you didn't know where it was going to take you. Some of you would have ended up in a place like we ended up and we're like, we want out of here. We want to be gone. And because there was nowhere else to go, you'd be kicking and screaming also. But God is after 
the lost, and he wants to use you. I want you to stand with me in this place. Those of you watching, I want you to keep your attention with me for just a few more moments. Those listening, stay with me for just a moment. God is speaking to our hearts. He's speaking to our lives. I want you to bow your heads in this place. Nobody looking around. Everyone stay with me. Almost over. The service is almost through. There are some people in this room who would say with me today, Pastor, I want to follow Jesus. Don't, Don't respond yet, but I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow him and I want to go and be used to help rescue those in the wrong place to help them find their way. I'm asking you two separate questions. One, this is the first, to help them find their way back to the right place, what they were created for. I want to help them find Jesus. If that's you, can I see your hand in this place? I just want you to keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. The majority of hands all across this room. Thank you. Thank you. All right, put those down. I want you to notice I didn't embarrass anybody just then that raised their hand. But I've got another question. And this one's going to be more personal. It's not going to be everybody in this room, but it's going to be several people in this room. I feel it in my spirit. When I said I'm coming home, I'm telling you something, something, something. I call it a cha-chink, something, a gear shifted in the heavenlies. Some of you that are watching, some that are listening, and some that are present right now, you have heard this message, but you've known all along you're in the wrong place. You need to follow Jesus with your life. You need to trust Jesus with your heart. You're the one that needs to be rescued. You're the one that needs to be delivered. You're the one. Look, I didn't embarrass anybody else, and I'm not going to embarrass you. But quickly, quickly, I want you to watch what God's about to do. God's going to change lives for all eternity right now. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I have, I have come to the realization that I'm in the wrong place. Either you've never given your life to Jesus or, or you strayed off the path and you've not been following Jesus and you want to rededicate your life to Christ. That's you right now. I want to see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. Eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Are there more? Quickly, quickly. Twelve. I see these hands. Are there others? Are there others? Quickly, quickly. Thirteen. Are there others? I feel the Holy Spirit of God today. I feel uh, uh, 14. Are there others? I feel this. 15. I feel this today. Are there others? This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. 16. Are there others? 17. 18. 19. Are there other? I feel, I feel in my heart. There's just a few more. Pastor Don, what, what are you doing? I am doing what I was created to do. I'm following Jesus and I'm inviting others to follow him also. Where are you? I'm waiting just a moment more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's another. Oh, there's 20. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are there others? Quickly, I feel Jesus in this house. Oh, those of you that are online that need Jesus, just right, that's me, that's me, I, I decide, I decide to follow Jesus, type that in right now, right now, God's speaking to you right where you are, these 20, have their hands up, put your hands down quickly, have their hands up, now, I, 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 just because I don't want to miss anybody else, if you're here, 
And you, you said, Pastor, I felt like the moment was going to pass me by. And I prayed a prayer. But I haven't raised my hand yet today. But I know I'm not in the right place. I need God to get me in the right place. If that's you, let me see your hand quickly. Where are you? Where are you? Thank you. Thank you. 22, 23. Oh, thank you. I feel Jesus. The number of the Lord spoke to my heart and I said, no way. But he's here. Now watch this. We're all going to go follow Jesus with them. The Bible says that if they will confess with their mouth and if we will believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we will be born again. And these, some of them are rededicating, some of them are giving their lives to Jesus for the first time. As this is happening right now in this place, they're going from the wrong place to the right place and we're going to do it with them. And we're going to all lift our voices, those watching, those listening on the radio, those, all, those, I want everybody right now with me right in this place and all that are connected right now. Pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, Jesus. By, faith, by faith, I confess, I, confess. I am a sinner. In need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I receive, Heavenly Father, your grace. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus came for me. He died for me. Now he lives forevermore. And by faith, I declare that God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Now come on, give God a praise today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for the many that have given their lives to Christ. Many that have rededicated their lives to Christ today. And I thank you, Lord, for the radical life change that's coming, that the wrong place is abandoned and the right place they now stand in by faith in Christ. Lord, help us all to look around us because you're going to use some of these to win the Miltons of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, give God one more praise today, man. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.